I'm going to tell the story of the sexual healing that I had to undergo for me and the sake of myself, even the sake of my human well-being as a person who has experienced forcibly against my will sexual violence at the tender age of five. I will do it this way. I will read to you a few articles and then I will talk off the top of my head. TheGuardian.com This is The Guardian. The opinion portion of it. Jill Filipovic, capital J, and the rest of her first name is I-L-L, lowercase. Capital F, and the rest of the letters in her last name are lowercase. I-L-I-P-O-V-I-C, that's the exact same name as her Twitter handle, at Jill Filipovic. This is articles more than eight years old. Monday, September 24th, 2012, 8.30 EDT. The moral case for sex before marriage. Condemning premarital sex and promoting abstinence are not working. Lasting, loving relationships are made through intimacy. Americans love to tout the value of waiting until marriage to have sex. We teach abstinence-only education in schools across the country, and even comprehensive sex ed programs often point out that abstinence is best in quotations. Pop stars from Britney Spears to Jessica Simpson to the Jonas Brothers to Miley Cyrus to Justin Bieber routinely assert that they're waiting till marriage, putting them into the good role model category, at least until someone leaks a sex tape. (laughs) There's a booming purity industry in quotations, complete with jewelry, elaborate events, books, t-shirts, and DVDs. Our state and federal tax dollars have long been spent promoting chastity, in quotations, while conservative commentators are happy to assert that waiting until marriage is the best choice for everyone and people who don't wait aren't doing marriage the right way, in quotations. Sex-positive liberals hesitate to say that having sex before marriage isn't equally Valid, if not better, choice for nearly everyone. Let me repeat that again. Sex-positive liberals hesitate to say that having sex before marriage is an equally valid, if not better, choice for nearly everyone. You pretty much know more my opinion stands. I just wanted to give you a little taste of it, and I'll give you the full opinion of what I just read to you once I'm done. So here it goes. Having sex before marriage is the best choice for nearly everyone. You got a little more sprinkle. Then I'll, again, I'll give you the full before the end. Just hold tight. Dun, 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 dun. Hold tight. I was thinking of that group change song, I'm Extraordinary. And hey, I don't mind being good crazy. How do I know? Well, first of all, nearly everyone has sex before marriage. 95% of Americans don't wait until their wedding night. And that's a long-standing American value. Even among folks in my grandparents' generation, 9 out of 10 of them had sex before they wed. Of course, just because lots of people do a thing doesn't mean it's a good thing, but sex is. In terms of happiness, sex is better than money. Money, money, money. 
money. And having sex once a week instead of once a month is the happiness equivalent in quotations of an extra $50,000 a year. 50 G's. People with active sex lives live longer. Sex releases stress, boosts immunities, helps you sleep, catches you disease, and is heart healthy. Sex is good whether you're married or not. And certainly folks who wait until marriage can have a lot of sex once they tie the knot. But waiting until marriage often means both early marriage and conservative views on marriage and gender and people who marry early and slasher hold traditional views on marriage and gender tend to have higher divorce rates and unhappier marriages. We know that on the other hand, there are lots of benefits to marrying later and to gender egalitarian marriages. Couples who both work outside the home and also share housework duties have more sex. The sex. S-E-X. The spelling rhymes with the word. Financially independent college-educated women who marry later in life have extremely low divorce rates. It turns out that feminist values not traditional ones, in quotations, lead to the most stable marriages. And feminist views plus later marriage typically equals premarital sex. Put the spice at the end. Most adult human beings naturally desire sex. And despite the right-wing emphasis on concepts like purity in quotations, having sex does not actually make you a dirty or impure in quotations person. On the contrary, sex is like most other pleasurable things in life. You can have sex in ways that are fulfilling, fun, good, and generous, or you can have sex in ways that are harmful, bad, and dangerous. Marriage is not and has never been a way to protect against the harmful, bad, and dangerous potential of sex. Just read the Bible if you want a few examples. Instead of fooling ourselves into thinking that waiting until marriage makes sex good, in quotations, we should focus on how ethical, responsible sexual practices, taking precautions to protect the physical and mental health of yourself and your partner and or partners. Having sex that is fully consensual and focused on mutual pleasure are part of being an ethical, responsible human being. Sexual morality isn't about how long you wait. It's about how you treat yourself and the person and or people you're with. Sex, of course, isn't all ponies and rainbows. The United States has one of the highest unintended pregnancy rates in the world. We have one of the highest abortion rates. We have one of the highest rates of sexually transmitted infections. But our problem with sex isn't that we're having it before marriage. It's that we've cast it as shameful and dirty. And when our collective cultural consciousness says that sex is shameful and dirty, we don't have the incentive or the tools to plan for sex, to see it as a positive responsibility and to make healthy sexual choices. We're obsessed with sex on television, in music and in advertisements, but we somehow lack the ability to talk about sex as a positive, moral, pleasure-affirming choice that, like any other adult decision, comes with a set of responsibilities. And when government money is going toward telling people to just wait until marriage, we're literally funding an idea that has never worked in all of human history. Instead of supporting tried and true policies that could mitigate the harm of a sex-obsessed but pleasure-starved culture. If waiting until marriage were simply an individual choice with no political consequences or backdrop, if it were as arbitrary a marker as waiting until the third date, waiting until you knew your partner's middle name, or waiting until she wore really awesome high heels, it wouldn't be a problem. And personally, I don't really care when you as an individual choose to have sex. 
As long as you feel ready and it's consensual, I say you do you. But waiting until marriage, in quotations, as a cultural phenomenon, albeit one that isn't actually happening for nearly everyone in the Western world, has some nasty views about women and sex lurking behind it. Using purity, in quotations, as shorthand for doesn't have sex, in quotations, by definition means that people and mostly women who have sex before marriage are impure, dirty, or tainted. Ugh, that was my sarcastic disgust. As Jessica Valentine says in her book, The Purity Myth, while boys are taught that the things that make them men good men are universally accepted ethical ideals, Women are led to believe that our moral compass lies somewhere between our legs. It's all the more troubling when those beliefs are federally funded. From a more practical standpoint, not everyone is going to get married or even legally can get married. The, the instruction to wait forever to experience a fundamental human pleasure is pointless and cruel. And while the old adage tells women that men won't buy the cow if they can get the milk for free, if I'm buying a cow, you can bet I'm going to make sure the milk is to my liking. But our cultural view of premarital sex is morally tainted, makes it harder for couples to engage in real talks about their sexual needs and desires before marrying. The same way they would talk about their religious values, how many kids they want, or whether the wedding cake will be chocolate or vanilla. Sexually frustrated marriages are both miserable and common. The inboxes of advice columnists from Dan Savage to Dear Prudy are filled with letters from couples with mismatched sex drives and bad sex lives. Whoo, a mismatched sex drive is one of the causations of a bad sex life. Whoo, that was a gut-punching fact. We'd be a lot better off if we recognized that sex is incredibly important to a lot of people. For most couples, sexual compatibility is necessary for a great marriage. You really can't tell if you're sexually compatible unless you have sex. The insistence that premarital sex is dirty or perverse makes it a whole lot harder to have necessary conversations. And a worldview that positions sex as shameful and bad also isn't going to evaporate on your wedding night. Purity peddlers can... Damn, she go hard. Purity peddlers construct a false universe where there are pure virgins who wait until marriage and then they are slutty whores who are going home with different men every night of the week. The truth is that most adults will have a great many important relationships in their lives. Some of those relationships will be romantic and some of those will be sexual. That's a good thing. Our relationships with other people, sexual or not, are how we grow, evolve, and learn about ourselves. They're how we figure out what love is, what we like physically and emotionally, and how to negotiate our own needs with someone else's. Despite the claims of the wait till marriage camp, waiting to have sex won't protect you from heartache, frustration, or love lost. But a variety of fulfilling relationships, sexual and not, will make you a more well-rounded, compassionate, and self-assured person. My point isn't that everyone should have sex before marriage. People should determine for themselves when they are ready to have sex. For the vast majority of people, that's going to be before they're married. Making that choice isn't a moral failing. On the contrary, it's also a great, healthy, overwhelmingly positive choice. Whenever you choose to have sex, the cultural message that waiting until marriage is the best choice is simply wrong, and it's wrong for almost every wrong, everyone, and it's wrong for almost everyone. I repeat that last part because sometimes I get tongue-tied. That's okay, not to be hard on myself. Now we're going to talk about something that I have to revisit again. 
Um, what is healthy sex? Sexual energy is a powerful, very natural force in our lives. But like any natural force we encounter, be it wind, sun, rain, or our own laughter, our sexual energy has the potential to be channeled and experienced in either destructive or life-affirming ways. Healthy sex involves the conscious, positive expression of our sexual energy in ways that enhance self-esteem, physical health, and emotional relationship. It is mutually beneficial. It is mutually beneficial and harms no one. Negative influences and problems. Unfortunately, we live in a society that constantly bombards us with images of sex that have very little to do with healthy sexuality. In movies, on television, in books, over the internet, and in magazines, we're exposed to countless examples of impulsive, irresponsible, uncaring sex. People are treated as sex objects, and sex is often portrayed as a form of power and control over another person. It's no wonder that many of us have experienced some tragic consequences of poorly channeled sexual energy, such as sexual abuse, sexual addiction, porn problems, sexual exploitation, sexually transmitted disease, unwanted pregnancy, and slash or chronic sexual unhappiness. The number of people harmed by sexual experiences is staggering. Studies in the United States reveal that one in three females are sexually abused in childhood. One in five to seven males are sexually abused in childhood. One in four women are raped sometime in their lifetime. One in two sexually active people will contract a sexually transmitted disease by 25 years of age. One in four people suffer from a sexually transmitted disease sometime in their lives. One in three women have at least one abortion by the time they are 45 years of age. One in seven to ten people develop a sexual addiction. One in five women and one in ten men report that sex gives them no pleasure. What's been missing? Most of the sex education available in the world today focuses on reproduction, birth control, and disease prevention. While this is important information, it stops short of helping us learn what we need to know to prevent sexual abuse, addiction, and dissatisfaction. In addition, many of us need new information to overcome problems caused by past sexual hurt so that we can go on to experience healthy and deeply satisfying sexual intimacy with a partner and our partners. As sex and relationship therapists, we speak with many people who have trouble conceptualizing healthy sexuality. They want to know, how does healthy sex differ from sexual abuse? How does healthy sex differ from sexual addiction? And what are the conditions necessary to ensure that the sex I'm experiencing is good for me and for my sexual partner and my sexual partners? So I feel that it is my duty. to talk about the CERT's model for healthy sex. I got to do this one more time. The CERT's model for healthy sex. We believe that healthy sexuality requires that these five basic conditions be met. Consent, equality, respect, trust, and safety. Let's look at each of these conditions more closely. Consent means you can freely and comfortably choose whether or not to engage in sexual activity. This means you are conscious, informed, and able to stop the activity at any time during the sexual contact. Equality means your sense of personal power is on an equal level with your partner. Neither of you dominates or intimidates the other. Respect means you have positive regard for yourself and for your partner. You also feel respected by your partner based on how your partner is treating, it, based on how your partner is treating you. Again, respect means you have positive regard for yourself and for your partner. You also feel respected by your partner based on how your partner is treating you. Trust means you trust your partner on physical and emotional levels. You accept each other's needs and vulnerabilities and are able to respond to concerns with sensitivity. Safety means you feel secure and safe within the sexual setting. You are comfortable with and assertive about where, when, and how the sexual activity takes place. You feel safe from the possibility of negative consequences such as unwanted pregnancy, sexually transmitted infection, and physical injury. Spending time together, engaging in lots of honest, open communication are good ways to make sure that the certs conditions are operating in your relationship. That's why we often recommend you build a strong friendship with a partner first before becoming lovers. Meeting the certs conditions does not ensure that you'll experience terrific sex. 
but it can help you feel secure knowing you've minimized the possibility of something bad resulting from your sexual experiences. These five search conditions were first presented in Wendy Maltz and Beverly Holman's Incest and Sexuality, a guide to understanding and healing Lexington, Lexington, Massachusetts, Lexington Books, 1987. Uh, my lap. Oh, here we go. Comparisons chart. Learning to distinguish healthy sexuality from other forms of sexual experience empowers you to bring healthy sex more into your own life and relationships. Below you will find a comparisons chart that contrasts healthy sexuality with a sexual abuse and sexual addiction perspective on sex. Pay attention to any items that concern or confuse you. You may want to discuss these with a friend, counselor, or health educator to tease out the differences more. How you think about sex significantly affects how you and your partner will, will experience and feel about it. So sexual abuse and addiction, let's start with that. Sex is uncontrollable energy. Sex is an obligation. Sex is addictive. Sex is hurtful. Sex is a condition for love or devoid of love. Sex is doing to someone. Sex is void of communication. Sex is secretive. Sex is exploitative. Sex is deceitful. Sex benefits one person. Sex is emotionally distant. Sex is irresponsible. Sex is unsafe. Sex has no limits. Sex is power for someone. Sex requires a double life. Sex compromises your values. Sex feels shameful. So those are the issues that sexual abuse and addiction bring. Let's talk about healthy sex. Sex is controllable energy. Sex is a choice. Sex is a natural drive. Sex is nurturing healing. Sex is an expression of love. Sex is sharing with someone. Sex is part of who I am. Sex requires communication. Sex is private. Sex is respectful. Sex is honest. Sex is mutual. Sex is intimate. Sex is responsible. Sex is safe. Sex has boundaries. Sex is empowering. Sex enhances who you really are. Sex reflects your values. Sex enhances self-esteem. Um, I'm going to read one more thing, healthysex.com, and I'm going to quickly go to these other uh, articles um, so you can hear the rest of my thoughts. Qualities of healthy sex exercise. In 1991, Wendy Maltz, licensed clinical social worker, LCSW, developed a healthy sex nightshirt to help survivors of sexual abuse and others understand healthy sexuality. The nightshirt evolved from a workshop exercise in which participants brainstormed positive qualities of sex. As you read the qualities below, identify which ones are present and true in your sexual relating. If you identify qualities that are often lacking, you may want to concentrate on learning more about them and integrating these qualities into your lovemaking in the future. Healthy sex is, we're going to read, all, I'm going to read to you all the qualities of healthy sex. Healthy sex is having choice, nurturing, built on trust, playful, loving myself, respectful, being honest, physically safe, feeling ready, caring, warmth, laughter, socially responsible, fun, shared intimacy, something I deserve, being friends, comfortable expressing love, being equal partners, mutually desired, celebration, feeling good, honoring my pace, sensual touches, private, arousing, being patient, relaxing, open communication, enjoyable, satisfying, good memories for me. Now let's talk about Sexual Health Bill of Rights. We must get into this. This is Louisville.edu, Sexual Health Bill of, Bill of Rights. It's up to you to get what you want from sex and to avoid what you don't want. Get to know yourself and know your body. Know what you want out of the sexual relationship. What do you find sexually appealing? What feels good to you? What are your limits? Know what kinds of things you're willing to participate in and what things you want within a sexual relationship. Create your own sexual health bill of rights. Here are some examples. I have the right to own my own body. I have a right to own, I have a right to my own feelings, beliefs, opinions, and perceptions. I have a right to trust my own values about sexual conduct. I have a right to set my own sexual limits. I have a right to say no. I have a right to say yes. I have a right to experience sexual pleasure. I have a right to remain celibate. I have a right to 
be sexually assertive. I have a right to be the initiator in a sexual relationship. I have a right to be in control of my sexual experiences. I have a right to have a loving partner. I have a right to my sexual orientation and preferences. I have a right to have a partner who respects me, understands me, is willing to communicate with me. I have a right to talk to my partner about incest slash child sexual abuse slash rape. I have a right to ask questions and receive accurate sexual information. Create your self-constructed sexual health bill of rights. So I have a right to make decisions about my body, choose the sexual experiences I want and do not want to have, develop my own feelings about my sexual experiences, determine my own values about sexual behavior, experience sexual pleasure, not be sexually active, set my own boundaries. I can say yes and no and I can change my mind. Initiate a sexual experience with a consenting partner. Expect my partner to be loving and respectful. Communicate with my partner about sexual experiences. Ask questions and seek out accurate information about sexuality. Okay, create your self-constructed sexual bill of rights written by Katie Steck. The World Health Organization defines sexual health as a state of physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. Sexual health requires a positive and respectful approach to sexuality and sexual relationships, as well as the possibility of having pleasurable and safe sexual experiences, free of coercion, discrimination, and violence. Healthy sexuality involves more than just physical safety. Emotional safety and positive attitudes about sex are also key components. Sexual abuse survivors usually had their first sexual experience by force before they could consent or fully understand what was going on. Their sexual rights were violated. These confusing and and traumatizing experiences from your past can have a negative impact on your sexual experiences in the present. Knowing your sexual rights will help you have safe, healthy, and fulfilling relationships. Remember that no one ever has the right to force you or coerce you into doing something that you don't want to do. You are in control of your body and your experiences. I'll read uh, one more article, then I'll stop. Sexual violence. Well, I'll just read this and I'll see if I need to read any more. Sexual violence, student bill of rights, confidential disclosure. This is Sunny Corning Community College. This is a great example. The State University of New York and Corning Community College are committed to providing options, support, and assistance to victims slash survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, dating violence, and slasher stalking to ensure that they can continue to participate in college-slash-university-wide and campus programs, activities, and employment. All victims-slash-survivors of these crimes and violations, regardless of race, color, national origin, religion, creed, age, disability, sex, gender identity or expression, sexual orientation, familial status, pregnancy, predisposing genetic characteristics, military status, domestic violence, victim status, or criminal conviction have the following rights, regardless of whether the crime or violation occurs on campus, off campus, or while studying abroad. All students have the right to make a report to local law enforcement and slasher state police, have disclosures of domestic violence, dating violence, stalking, and sexual assault treated seriously, Make a decision about whether or not to disclose a crime or violation, participate in the complaint or student conduct process and slash or criminal justice process, free from pleasures from the institution. Participate in a process that is fair, impartial, and provides adequate notice and and a meaningful opportunity to be heard. Be treated with dignity and to receive from the institution courteous, uh, courteous, fair and respectful health care and counseling services were available. Be free from any suggestion that the reporting individual is at fault when these crimes and violations are committed or should have acted in a different manner to avoid such crimes or violations. Describe the incident to as few institutional representatives as practical and not to be required to unnecessarily repeat a description of the incident. Be free from retaliation by the institution, the accused and slash or the respondent and slash or their friends, family, and acquaintances within the jurisdiction of the institution. 
access to at least one level of appeal of a determination be accompanied by an advisor of choice who may assist an advisor reporting individual accused or respondent throughout the complaint or conduct process, including during all meetings and hearings related to such process. Exercise civil rights and practices of religion without interference by the investigative criminal justice or complaint or conduct process of the college. Options in brief. Victims slash survivors have many options that could be pursued simultaneously, including one or more of the following. Receive resources such as counseling and medical attention. Confidentially or anonymously disclose a crime or violation. Make a report to an employee with the authority to address complaints, including the title... Which number? Title IX coordinator, a student conduct employee or a human resources office employee, Department of Public Safety, local law enforcement, family court, civil court options. You know, um, these are all just read all of Title IX and that's where you'll be empowered to um, be a light to those um who have experienced sexual um, violence. Um, hmm. Okay, I want to be able to share what I think. So, I'll just do that. Anything else I have to say will be it for a future episode. I do want to say that in my personal life, I disagree with waiting until marriage to have sex. I disagree with waiting until marriage to kiss. I disagree with waiting until marriage to procreate. I disagree with waiting until marriage to raise offspring. I disagree with waiting until marriage to own a pet and or pets with a significant other. I disagree with waiting until marriage to live together. And I disagree with waiting on waiting until marriage to explore each other's sexual compatibilities. These are things that I choose not to do within my personal life. Let's say if I was in a romantic relationship, sex before marriage is required and living together unmarried would be required. That's just personally how I am. And if we are going to own pets, we own pets unmarried in our living together, unmarried living situation. Everything else is optional, including marriage and including offspring as well and including pregnancy. I don't have a problem with out of wedlock pregnancy. I don't have a problem with out of wedlock child rearing. I don't have a problem with out of wedlock child having. I do not. And I must say that personally I practice ethical non-monogamy. Before I even explain, this is the last time you hear me say this, because I said this before. I don't want to be a talking parrot if I don't have to, but this is it. I never marry 
I am never engaged. I don't do commitment dating. I don't do courtships. I don't do courting. No courtship for me. I'm a confirmed bachelor. I am single by my choice forever. I am childless by my choice forever. I live completely alone by my choice forever. I am petless by my choice forever. Now let's talk about my ethical non-monogamy. My casual relationships, my casual dating, are about people who were all of gentle bearing in terms of our disposition and we are sexually ethical in terms of our sexual disposition too. Sums it up. And when the word love and casual, let's talk about this real quick, really quickly. I say compassionate love because you can, of course you can have that in a serious relationship, but obviously, but I say compassionate love in casual relationships because people go love, but we're casual or not committed. That's true. But you can still express altruistic love. Just make you would, you know, you want to do right by that person. You want to be kind to that person. That's all. You can have a kind of love. It could be a non-romantic love. Compassionate love, that can be non-romantic love in a casual relationship. You just, you just want to treat that person with dignity and civility. That's all that means. And you don't, and it doesn't have to be romantic for that, those things to occur. Right? And sex is private. For the majority of people, yes. Because most people are not public figures. Most people are private figures. Most people don't have their names out there for everybody to know. Now, for a person like me, because I'm a podcast host, obviously that's a different story. But my sex being public is actually whole, wholesome, holistic, and complements holism. So my sex being public is actually healthy because self and anybody I would be sexually involved with, our, pri- our, our sense of ourselves are not tainted nor tarnished because everything said and done between us at the public knows is what all the parties involved, including myself and them, I know that's redundant, but, you know, sometimes I get excited and, you know, how redundant I am. But anyway, let me get back. Myself and them. Everything is 100% permissible between us. So what you know is what they're cool with. It's what I'm cool with. Meaning what you know means we want you to know. So nobody's privacy is being violated. And... I really um, wanted to um, just, you know, talk about um, how I came to these conclusions, right? Now, of course... It wasn't easy for me to come to these conclusions. Um, it wasn't at all. But I understood that I experienced world domination, sexuality from those who sexually violated me. Then I experienced purity sexuality from many folks in church. And then there was an in-between between society and 
uh, there's impotence between purity and world domination. The societal one is proving that you're a man. You know what I mean? Um, I'll finish the rest of this with one last article, but I'm going to get all my thoughts out, then I'll read it to you, and then we're going to be done, okay? Because I want to include the LGBT code plus community in this. I have to. It's my responsibility. I feel personally that when it came to what has happened to me sexually, I started recognizing that I've met people, and I shared this before, but I'll give you new details. Through scientific research, through um, through studying what the experts had to say, um, learning from myself about the three types of sexualities that harmed me, society's reckless sexuality, world domination, demonic, evil dictatorship, authoritarian, totalitarian, dictatorship uh, sexuality, right? That one, um, and I repeated myself on that one, but I did that for emphasis, and the purity sexuality, all three harmed me, so I said, okay, how can I, I want to be premarital because there's nothing wrong with premarital. I want to have that kind of sex, but how can I do it that's not um, supremacist? Supremacist. How can I do it that's not supremacist, that's not callous, and that's not um, a moral rivalry? So basically... How can I have a sexuality that is that is about being humane, right? So I remember being traumatized by purity culture because of the purity books I used to read in college. And then I remember there were three months where I didn't masturbate in college. And I couldn't do it anymore because I was constantly having wet dreams. And the urges would get too strong. Even though I was doing well in college, doing well in school, my urges got too strong. I just couldn't take it more. I just started masturbating. I haven't stopped masturbating since. I just couldn't help it. And... um, I remember bouncing the eyes every time I saw a pretty person. A person that sexually stimulated me. I would dart away. And they would notice it. Sometimes they'll go, it's okay to look at me like that. I want you to look at me like that. I like that. So I would look at them sexually because they were like, we know you're respectful. It's all good. I was like, wow. That happened a couple of times. Then I just said, look, I'm going to just notice them. And I'm going to have them notice me, notice them. They're going to know they noticing me, noticing them. And I notice them noticing me. We're just going to sexually be charged together. So that was helpful. And then I recognized every time when I was in church, there was this sense of I shouldn't talk to Christians about sex because every time sex was mentioned, you would hear murmurings in the congregation about, did pastor say that? Why are you talking about this, you know, in God's house? This is something you keep out of God's house. And, you know, we got all these kids and little babies up here. We don't want to encourage people to, to fornicate. We don't want to encourage people to, you know, mess around, you know. And another thing, nah, man, this grown folk business, that's something y'all y'all discuss at home, man. That's something you discuss um, with your moms, your pops, you know, this church and church. Nah, man, you keep you keep the world out out of out of the Lord's house. 
but on the parking lot, they would talk about the um, ID chant. They would talk about crime shows that depicted, you know, sex scenes that were based upon what actually happened because some of the crime shows talk about adultery and talk about cheating and, you know, talk about... um, sexual escapade some of the crime episodes depicted some of that and they would talk about it excitingly and gossip like a girl did you see that yeah she put the moves on him oh yeah and she was just lighting him up and he was so into her to the point of just you know pow driving he was just monster on her woo like that and girl, look at his body. I know them six-pack abs. Jesus Christ. If I wasn't saved, girl, I was so sin with him. Amen. You know, you know, sometimes I just wish the Lord would give me a few times, you know, with certain people because, whoo, look at that muscle-bound man. I just hear that all the time. So they, on the parking lot, sometimes they left service. And... They would get in their cars. I see this all the time. So in the parking lot, they were worldly. But in church, they pretended to be prudes. I'm against prude shaming. I'm against kink shaming. I'm against sex shaming. I'm against slut shaming. I'm against rape victim shaming. Because for the last time, I I mean, I shouldn't say the last time, but um, I am a sex-positive liberal. I'm a sex-positive progressive. I'm a sex-positive leftist. I'm a member of the sex-positive movement. I am pro-sex. I love being sex-positive. I hate rape culture. I am for sex workers' rights. I hope to one day officially be in the sex workers' rights movement. I am pro-porn. Just make sure the kids are nowhere near adult entertainment of any kind. I am pro-porn industry. I am uh, pro-sex industry. Uh, I am anti-human trafficking. I am anti-child sex tourism. I am... I am not for underage anything in terms of uh, what's the best way to put it? Adults only have sex with adults. That makes sense, right? Leave kids alone. There you go. Um, as a person, I figured out that I am a person who loves full body exploration. I explore people's entire bodies with my mouth, my teeth, my tongue, my lips, my eyes, my hands, my dick, and my balls. Maybe feet. Depends on what we're doing erotically. Um, I'm a person who believes in sexual sensitivity. I've seen these things, but let me quickly explain that I would read to you the Healthcare Bill of Rights. Um, 
let me read this to you right now so I can talk more about what I want to talk about. The LGBTQIA plus healthcare bill of rights. VNSNY strong supports the NYC health LGBTQIA plus healthcare bill of rights. In New York City, it is illegal to discriminate on the basis of a person's sexual orientation, gender identity. I'm a thorough nurse, sex characteristics or gender expression in public accommodations, including in healthcare settings. You have, the, you have these rights when seeking healthcare services in New York City. One, right to be treated with dignity, respect, and professionalism in all healthcare settings by all providers, staff members, and volunteers. Two, right to receive compassionate, judgment free, and comprehensive care that is mindful of your sexual orientation, sexual behavior, gender identity, and gender expression. This right applies to all health services with a particular emphasis on the following. 2A, primary care. 2B, emergency care. 2C, sexual health care, including preventive services, risk and harm reduction, counseling and testing and treatment for HIV, sexually transmitted infections, viral hepatitis and HIV and HPV-related cancers. 2D, gender transition-related care. 2E, reproductive health care and family planning. 2F, mental and behavioral health care. 2G, care following trauma, including care after hate violence, sexual violence, and intimate partner violence. 2H, alcohol and drug use evaluation, counseling, and treatment. 3, right to have respect. Right to have respectful discussions with providers about your health and health care needs, including your sexual history, current sex life, sexual pleasure, and relationships. Four, right to have your gender identity and gender expression recognized, affirmed, and documented, including 4A, staff members using your self-designated name and pronouns and mirroring the language you use to describe your body. 4B, access to paper and electronic forms and medical records that use your self-designated name, pronouns, and gender marker. 4C, access to single-sex facilities consistent with your gender identity and gender expression. 5. Right to clear explanations of providers is a request for your personal health information, including with whom the information may be shared and the right to withhold that information. 6. Right to clear explanations of all medical procedures and risk. Right to choose or refuse any treatment and to refuse to participate in research without putting your treatment at risk. 7. Right to access health-related coverage and benefits without discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression. Eight, right to choose who will make medical decisions for you if you are unable to do so, and for minors, the right to have your wishes and best interests included in these decisions. Nine, right to decide who may and may not visit you if you are admitted to a healthcare facility. Ten, right to privacy and confidentiality. These rights apply to all New York City healthcare settings in which medical and other social support services are offered, including hospitals, emergency rooms, including hospitals, emergency rooms, urgent care centers, clinics, physicians, nurse practitioners and physician assistants, offices, nursing homes, and and long-term care facilities and community-based organizations. These rights apply to all New York City residents and visitors receiving care within the five boroughs. Reprinted with permission from the New York City Department of Health. If you believe you have been mistreated or denied care or services because of your sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression, call 311 or 718-722-3131 to file a complaint with the New York City Commission on Human Rights. All right. So now I'm going to talk to you about the rest of what I mean by sexual sensitivities. Let me get back to it. I made a decision when it comes to sex. I am pro-golden age of porn. I am pro-free love. I am pro-sexual revolution. I am pro-sexual liberation. I am... Pro-sexual liberalism. I am pro-sexual progressivism. I am pro-hippie sexuality. I am pro-LGBTQIA plus culture. I am pro-gay friendly. I am pro-LGBTQIA plus friendly. I am pro-LGBTQIA plus culture. I meant to say it those ways. I am pro-LGBTQIA plus rights. I am 100% supportive of the LGBTQI plus community in every which way. 
in all ways possible by all available means. By every way possible, by all available means, I am pro-LGBT club plus community in every which way. Um, I think LGBT club plus is natural, normal, and healthy. Uh, I think people are born that way. I think you come to the world as you are. Um, and harmless. And if they were choices, harmless choices. And I despise LGBT plus conversion therapy. Must say that on record. I must say this. Sexual sensitivities, let me stay on topic. Get to know a partner's understandings of what it means to explore a person's body part, for example. If you are into breasts, don't just say you like them. Fully show that you like them. Suck on them. Slurp on them. Whipped cream it. Chocolate syrup it, oil it, lick it, grab it, but don't grab them, but don't hurt them. Uh, and enjoy it bouncing up and down while you're doing the thingamajig and caress them. I believe if you like, if you have a fetish, you should fully explore it. All consensual. Like we said, this hurts model, right? So don't just say you like a body part. Fully express your love for your fetish. Not fetishizing people, of course. We're not saying that. No, don't fetishize people. We're just talking about fetishes. If you say... You like a body part. <sighs> Hands, teeth, mouth, lips, uh, and use your genitals on them. Because I've seen porn where they just look and say they like a body part, but when it came to the actual sex they didn't really explore it it was that monkey see monkey do oh my god squirrel I just I'm just noticing looking around but it's like okay you gotta do more than just pound right sex means like caressing and touching and tickling and central touches as we say right see a lot of people think if I just fuck I'm good no no And a lot of people have been sexually traumatized. You can be sexually traumatized without being a sexual abuse victim. Dude saying, her pussy's small. Or lady saying, his dick is small. That's nudity dehumanization and sexual demonization of that person. That's a sexual scar. You can be sexually scarred without being without experiencing what is typically called sexual violence. And when you have sex, like before I go any further, I am pro non-monogamy. I am pro monogamy. I am pro promiscuity. Okay, just be sexually healthy and Wrap up, get tested, fuck people with integrity, fuck with integrity. That's what I'm saying. Let me get further on. Um, I just want to say that I understand that when it comes to sex, make sure... Whatever y'all sexually agree to, you know how many times they want it done, whether any act or any position. If they say sexually do this, make sure you get clarity on how often you should do it and how often you shouldn't. 
in any position, just make sure that when you change positions, or if you're going to tell each other what to do or do the nonverbals, make sure it's all respectful. Nobody feels bullied. Um, I may explain more in a future episode. I think I will. I think I will. Because I don't want to rush this. There's more I'm going to say on this. But to end this, I am a person who lives out secular sexuality. And I do not live out faith-based sexuality, even though I respect those people who do.